my brother-in-law is having a baby, so we recorded a, like a little, you know, COVID-appropriate congratulations. So we did one take. Oh, good. Pretty good. And then uh, I was like, okay, let's do another. And, of course, my son, you know, he landed on a funny line. So we did it the second time. Not as good, right? Not he as tried good. To, he tried to manufacture it? He tried to manufacture it. And, you know, oh, no. it's just like, I mean, the look on all of our faces were like, no, nah, just not the same. <laughs> did you tell him? Did you tell him? No, it's not good anymore. You killed it. I, no, I'm like David Fincher in the family. So we did it like 53 times. <laughs> Until he was crying. Okay. And then you were like, yeah, use this. Use this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start. Episode 10 of Twin Takes in which we will discuss part nine of Twin Peaks season three, The Return. Uh, that's a really fun phrase that I keep <laughs> I keep saying every time. It's episode whatever, discussing whatever. Uh, and they'll never they're never gonna match up. Uh, I'm with uh, I'm with uh, my David Lynch Sherpa, as always, Garrett. How are you, Garrett? Hey, doing well. You know, it's funny you said that. I was gonna comment. Um, I'm never not impressed that you're that you get that right i mean i just imagine in your journal in front of you you have the number 10 with like a giant x through it and the number nine like underlined like 20 times because our that's, that's our that's convention yeah oh yeah oh, nice our convention is so confusing yeah but, uh, uh well it, it wouldn't be a twin, we are. it wouldn't be a uh, a twin peaks podcast if the viewer wasn't wasn't baffled not only by the content, but by the way it was presented. Precisely. So I think we're doing we're doing uh, we're doing the medium a service. Yes. Uh, let's get into it. Um, yeah. Do we just go plot by God. excruciating yeah, I, plot I, I, line? I, I, oh man, this uh, l- last week. You know, I was I was begging for plot, and <laughs> it's as though you know the good Lord David Lynch heard my pleas. Yeah, and just just. I went overdrive on this thing. There is so much thick plot to wade through. Yeah, there's a lot. And I I mean, usually I have to like pause and like rewind because I'm like, that was so dumb. Did I hear that correctly? Or like, oh, what a gross visual. Like, did I really just see what I thought I saw? Or mm. as happened once in this episode, did that foot just talk to that person? And <laughs> if so, what did he say? Uh-huh. Uh, but this was mostly going back and being like, I feel like I just missed some key details. Yeah, it's really, it's a lot. It's rife. It's thick. With yeah. Plot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little too much. I would, uh, before this podcast, I mean, this is the kind of thing where I would kind of, I mean, I'd start to tune it out because when it's epi- <laughs> when it's released, you know, on a weekly, you know, on a weekly basis and you don't talk about it, I mean, you forget who all these characters are. I don't, I don't know who a lot of the people that were brought. I know I recognize them from something, but yeah, when everyone in town has like a vaguely dark past (laughs) and everyone's like pretty poor and like kind of on drugs, they're all Uh the same. (laughs) Well, they're all complicit. That's the theme. We're all complicit. 
in Laura's Laura's murder. Uh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> it's you sigh and resignation. It was, That's so it, was it was it was a lot. Okay, I know. So let's start with uh, with my boy Dark Coop. He's we talked about how he came back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking that he might come back to life and be like maybe a shell or maybe there'd be some like Coop Prime in there now that Bob has been removed. Uh, I don't think Bob's been removed. I think he kind of like peeked out, said hi was, to Ray. and then... He was removed. No, they no, took no. Him out. no. No, 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 no. I don't think he came out. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm confident about that. Oh, then what was that? No, that was that was Bob. But that was like Bob like, so hey, they, how's it going, Ray? Yeah, this is the vessel I inhabit. And then going and they, back And in. they went back in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's part of the, the blood being taken and rubbed across his face by the, and what we're calling the homeless people. Yeah. Man, I was just thinking to myself, if someone joined this podcast for the first episode. <laughs> well, it's just like uh, the show, you know, just hop in anytime. It all makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I was pretty sure that Bob was, was gone, uh, but I guess he's still there. He, he's certainly oh, yeah, acting yeah. like Bob's not gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he's walking. Uh, he's covered in blood. He arrives at some sort of uh, ranch, I guess, or yeah. farm kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And his crew is there. Yeah. It's, uh, have we seen the man before? I don't know. So. Tim Roth. Tim Roth. Again, just, just, you know, dropping in these, I don't know, maybe not a list, but certainly well-known, uh, actors. Yeah. Throughout uh, the yeah. Tim Roth, who is British, right? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. His, uh, his, his American accent. Not so good. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I did not like it. <laughs> oh, I thought it was fine. That's funny. You say uh, that I, I online, uh, you know, I, I keep trying to stay away from the, the fan, the fanfic. <laughs> but uh, you know, I keep getting sucked back in, and people loved it. The uh, fan fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh know, boy, like, we have like not the... talked about Twin Peaks fan fiction. I oh even yeah, want to know a lot of dark coop, not appropriate uh, <laughs> for work stuff going on. I'll, I'll tell you that. Not safe. Not safe for podcasts. No uh, dark coop uh, no, no, stuff. No, no. Yeah, that does sound that does sound terrifying. So yeah, Tim Roth. Uh, I didn't actually get audio of this, but he has a few lines where it sounds like, yeah, he's a British guy trying to do a. Uh, you know, a Midwest kind of thing, and it's—he does have a cool physicality. He's like kind of hunched over. Yeah, you get, you get the sense that he's like a real chill criminal. Well, he's uh, like cool with his lady, you know, banging dark coop. Yeah, so uh, we had we had suspected that Jennifer uh, Jason Lee would only have the one line where she says that she's really wet. Yeah. Good for her; she gets to come back in <laughs> part nine, uh, and uh, she's she's got some. Um, I thought she was just like a hooker, but she's like, she's got some medical expertise too. Yeah. yeah. He shows up all bloody and she's like, I'll get the kit and very expertly goes and grabs like a duffel bag. I, I don't know if she's like a first responder or something, mm. but you know, do you think Jennifer Jason Lee, this character, you think she's um, on the front lines of COVID? You think she's uh, saving, <laughs> uh, <laughs> saving Americans or is she still patching up pure evil? No, I think she's I think she's a nurse and she's on the front lines hmm. of the COVID response. And then people say, Well, like, what's your quarantine bubble? And she's like, Well, no, I'm at home. I'm at home with Tim Roth. But uh, you know, I do I do occasionally have sexual activity with with evil himself. Uh 
So yeah. uh, I'm not as careful as I should be, yeah, but yeah. Uh, they're in a pod. Hey, you know. They're in a pod. They're, they're doing <laughs> it right. Yeah. I don't think Dark Coop is 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 <laughs> respecting the pod though. <laughs> no, yeah, he you know he has he has wants and <laughs> he doesn't um, he doesn't have needs. He has wants. Yeah, that's right. And no comorbidities, so he's he's out there. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, no, I think I think twenty twenty uh, semi transparent homeless men uh, reaching into your uh, body cavity and pulling out evil and then I guess putting it back in. That's a super spreader event, I think. Yeah, that's not good. And I hope Jennifer Jason Lee is going to telework for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be the responsible thing to do. It would be, yeah. So that's a good question. Um, but uh, my question is. So he sends a text. We'll talk about mm. later who that text goes mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also uh, makes a phone call mm. to uh, this guy that's in like the Las Vegas uh, skyscraper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's like who keeps like getting messages from evil and like fulfill? He's like the evil middleman. I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. he gets a call from Dark Coop, and Dark Coop says, "Is it done yet?" And he says, no, not yet. And he says, make sure that it gets done. Mm-hmm. And I had thought that he was talking about the murder of Dougie. Yeah, that's what, because, right, that's when we saw, you know, that guy is the guy who put the whole, yeah. um, Ike the Spike, as we learned his name, the the little person who tries to kill Dougie earlier. That's right. That's He's the right. one who put that whole plan into motion. So that makes sense. Um but then he goes to Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee, and he says, I got a mission for you. Mm-hmm. I want you to go kill Warden Murphy. Yep. Uh, and then I have two more people for you to kill in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I thought that that would be Dougie. I mean, I mean, they gave Ike the Spike two people to kill. Mm-hmm. Yep. So is it the same two people? Is it Dougie and then the woman that Ike the Spike did successfully kill? Or are these two new people? I think it might be Dougie. I, I think it might be Dougie and Mrs. Dougie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But uh, and then he um, does his his dark coop sign off by just uh, uh, tongue attacking Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a heavy makeout session, mm-hmm. and then she says, "I wish it could have been more." And he doesn't even address her, um, and then drives away. And then she hands him a bag of Fritos, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I missed that. Bag yeah. of Fritos. Fritos, maybe a different, smaller. It was like a fun-sized bag of chips. Oh, that's funny. It'd be um, funny if it was specifically Fritos. Yeah, you, you, you couldn't really tell, so maybe they didn't cough up the... Yeah, uh, the I don't voice. think Frito-Lay gave the full amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, strange touch, but there you go. Okay. little snack for the road. Mm-hmm. And then he, has t- he tells Tim Roth to uh, destroy the burner. Yeah. And Tim Roth shoots it with a shotgun, which yeah. is... A, uh, waste of a, a bullet, and B, uh, not a completely 100% secure way of destroying a phone. Uh, uh, that's true, right? That's uh, true. If we've learned anything from Jason Bourne, right? You got to like take the battery out and then snap it in half a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Deputy Director Lynch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, the, his... this is the best part of the episode. <laughs> He's on his, uh, his private plane. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tammy comes in, says that she's got a call from Colonel Davis, who mm-hmm. you remember is the uh, military official in charge of the the case involving um, Major Briggs. Yes, the body, the body that was found in the apartment. Yes. Uh, so Diane is on the plane. Uh, Laura Dern, 
Yeah. She doesn't want to go, but she's like, well, I don't really have a choice. And then Warden Murphy calls the plane and they deliver that, that, that amazing line. Cooper flew the coop. Cooper flew the coop. Yeah, yeah. So we know that Cooper's at large. Yeah. I'll play a clip right now. This is when they land in Buckhorn and they get a briefing from the local detectives. And it's actually funny because uh, basically the lieutenant and thank God there are there are a few bits like this throughout this episode where characters just kind of summarize everything we know, because I would have forgotten. Here is uh, the, the local police uh, detective giving an update on what I've been calling the um, the Lillard case. And I've been saying yeah, yeah. and you pointed this out. I've been saying Matthew Willard with a W. It's Matthew mm. Lillard is the actor with an L. Um, anyway, here is an, a summary uh, with a great uh, Miguel Ferrer burn at the end. William Hastings was having an affair with the local librarian, Ruth Davenport. Now, Davenport's head was found atop the headless body of your Major Briggs. Once we took Hastings into custody, his wife was murdered in their house apparently by their lawyer, a man named George Boutzer, who is now also in custody. And the next day, Hastings' secretary died in a car explosion. What happens in season two? <laughs> Apologies in advance for Albert. I forgot about that. Yeah, what happens yeah. in season two? That's just, that's Miguel Ferrer just, just going to bat for the Kabirs in the world. Being like, this is too much. <laughs> it's also it's also a uh, dig on season two Twin Peaks. That's that's the making fun of uh, them Lynch leaving the show and it collapsing. Oh, do you think that's what it is too? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fan service for sure. Oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's both. It's both. So they go. They look at the they look at the body, and then um, then there's a further sort of like uh, helping the audience out where. Miguel and, and David Lynch go outside and they have this weird thing where like, let's talk out loud to each other. Yeah. Right. And they talk about what they think is going on. And they basically just sort of summarize what the audience knows, which is that the body in the morgue is 40 ish, which is the age that major Briggs was when he disappeared. Mm. And it should be 70 ish. If he wasn't in some sort of cryo sleep hibernation, these theories will get thrown out later in the episode. Yeah. Um, now we go back to let's see. They 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 say that they want to talk to uh, Matthew Lillard, yeah, yeah, who's yeah. still in custody. And I mean, he continues to be great. He does this great, uh, gives this great performance of this man really pushed to the edge. Mm -hmm. um, he talks to Tammy, uh, who gets him to uh, confirm that he had been writing a blog yeah. uh, about traveling to different. Um, dimensions mm. and that he and the librarian that he was hooking up with mm. uh, were working on this together yeah. um, it's kind of bizarre that a high school librarian even though they say that she like he's she's really good at looking up information kind of worried that she would have access to <laughs> research on alternate dimensions i mean you know it's a testament to you know stay in school kids get that uh, library science degree uh, i guess yeah it may not pay well but uh You'll eventually be killed for what you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the message, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he talks about how they were searching for the zone. They found a dimension. Yeah. They found the major uh, yep. who was hibernating in an alternate dimension. Kind of hiding, too, I thought it was implied. 
Yeah. Lillard talks about how the major floated up, but his head gets cut off or his head is somehow separated from his body. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he loved it, right? Didn't he say it was like a good thing? He was happy, I think. Yeah. Oh, and uh, you mean Lillard was happy? No, no. The major. It was like a... It was a positive experience. It like wasn't like a yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that explains why we have a decapitated head, a body. Uh, and then and then we have uh, a little bit. I'll, I'll play this uh, as well. This is uh, Matthew Lillard is really is really breaking down. He's sort of explained uh, what he saw. He thinks he's going crazy, uh, justifiably because what he's saying is insane. Yeah. Um, he's begging people to believe him, and then uh, to reestablish that he's or to reaffirm that he's innocent and that he loved Ruth. He goes on the sort of like. Uh, diatribe about how they were going to run away together mm-hmm. and how much he loved her and so I'll, pl- I'll i'll play that with a little uh, a little a little slam dunk by uh yeah. miguel ferrer at the end oh. she said to me she said bill let's just go let's just do it let's go to the bahamas let's go scuba diving <laughs> i want to go scuba diving <laughs> Fruitcake, anyone? Mm. <laughs> it's Miguel Ferrer uh, uh, tearing apart this guy who is confessing to wa- to having watched his uh, his girlfriend brutally murdered. That's right. How jaded can you be, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, when you've been working for Deputy Director David Lynch in the X Files unit for I don't know. What thirty years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, why not uh, accuse the man who's lost everything of being uh, a fruitcake? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I love Ferrer just going for laughs uh, as this man is just in a puddle of tears. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, not to mention, he just confirmed all of the insane events that he's been witness to the last couple of weeks. Uh, That's but still true. with a smirk. Um, yeah. Fruitcake, anybody? <laughs> for air scores again. Yeah. <laughs> anything for a laugh, this yeah, guy. Anything for a laugh. Uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you bring up a good point. Finally, some some uh, some tying together of this journey that they've been on for, for weeks in this in this case. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being like, this guy, you know, finally some validation. He's like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's not like, oh, my God, it's, it's – what is happening? But no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, got a sick one-liner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about um, the other the other people that are working the, the other end of this case, which is Sheriff Truman. Oh, um, are we going to wrap that up? Because I feel like we haven't even mentioned Laura Dern. She's so oh, oh, good oh, that's this. right, that's right. I forgot about Laura Dern. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, Usually tying these things together is, is fairly easy, but there are so many yeah, cuts a, between the different plots. Uh, and there's I'm, so many like little pieces. This is really like a it's like a filler episode where they're it's like uh, you know what's funny? It's like the it's I feel like Lynch does all this stuff so he can have an episode like episode eight. Um yeah. that's what this is. This is him like putting together a plot so we can watch, you know, bugs crawl into people's mouths um I think, later I think on. That's right. Know? So so Diane uh, is in the police uh, station with them. Oh yeah, and then and then here's an important and thank you for reminding me. Yeah, an important yeah. plot point is we learned that the text that Dark Coop sent, mm. uh, and I didn't write it down properly. It's something like there is an extra person at the dinner table, 
Yeah, I think that's some sort of code sense. involving yeah. a dinner table. Yeah. Um, was sent to Diane. Dun dun dun. Yeah. And she looks at it and she's worried, but she, not completely yeah. unexpected, I think. Yeah. Um, it's unclear if she knows who the text is from, but the uh, fact that she I think she knows. I think, think she, she knows. knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, she was so terrified seeing Dark Coop. Right. But is she on his side? I mean, that's the question. That's that's yeah. what we're supposed to end this episode wondering. Yeah. I mean, maybe Dark Coop has just such raw sexual charisma she can't help herself. <laughs> that's my theory. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, so that's an important point. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, we were just talking about how much how much plot is just shoved into this thing. And then you have this scene that's so weird they uh, uh laura dern goes outside for a smoke break mm-hmm. and uh david lynch deputy director lynch comes out and tammy. with uh with tammy mm-hmm. and uh she's on her smoke break david lynch says uh we thought we'd join you uh, we'd wait with you if you don't mind something like that and they um they stand there stare they stand at each other they stare they stand there and they intermittently stare at each other david lynch almost unblinkingly just stares at her for she takes time for, for like a, a good little, 30 seconds maybe more maybe a minute it was a long time uh, i mean you you can feel it as the audience like what is going yeah. on it, you know you think maybe does he know she got the text from cooper no right. i think he's an he's, he's just a nut job <laughs> uh I, that's what i was thinking was uh, are they going to talk about this? I couldn't remember. So, I, but um, yeah, he's just staring at her. Yeah, he just stares at her. And what's amazing is that Tammy's there, and she's incredibly awkward and uncomfortable. She is, yeah. She keeps adjusting her like little, like you know, her hips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Lynch is staring at Diane, almost uh, without breaking uh, away. Mm-hmm. And Diane sometimes just meets his gaze for for awkward uncomfortable you know 15 seconds at a time and then looks away smoking and then looks back at him and uh it's hard to tell lynch kind of has a kind of a smile on his face but it's not super friendly Mm -hmm. and she does not seem to be happy that he's there with her um at one point though she offers him a cigarette Mm -hmm. and he takes it and then tammy you know I, i guess she's like the health nut of the office is like, are you really going to smoke that? And, and he ignores her. Um, I'm starting to see why everyone hates Tammy. She's definitely the office bitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, everyone hates Tammy? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, everyone on. hates Tammy. No, no, no. Tammy's great. No, they keep dismissing her. They keep sending her away from conversations. Well, you know, uh, she's, a, she's a, like a... No, minor. Keep, she's like keep a, watching with she's the, a low-level agent. She's a low-level yeah, agent. She's keep watching with the subtext of people don't like Tammy being around, and I think you will see what I'm seeing. No <laughs> one likes Tammy. No, 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 no. People don't like her. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, the, so, so Lynch has a cigarette. Uh, he has a few puffs. It's clear he hasn't smoked in a while, or is bad at it, or whatever. Yeah, or he you know, back a to recovering her. addict, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like, you can finish it off. He's like, no, no. Um, and uh, they have a little reminiscing about how they used to smoke cigarettes together. 
Now they don't. Well, that's it. That's it. Uh, so, <laughs> character development? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know. Something. It's something. It was a thing that happened on screen. Yeah. Um. So, uh, <laughs> he he takes the cigarette and he goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Um. So, uh, what? Um, I think that's it for. Yeah, that's it. So, so is, is it still your favorite plot? Because this is this was originally what you were, uh, what you were, you know, you were all about. Was uh, no, no. It's interesting, uh, uh, you know. What's what's Shaggy? You know, how's Shaggy going to get out of these hijinks? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to love it if it turns out to be a Scooby crossover, and it's like it wasn't Dark Coop. It was. Then they was, rip uh, his face off, and it's old, uh, old man Radford who's just trying to get the insurance money. Yeah. yeah. What I, what I dislike about it, now that I'm singing it out loud, I'm realizing what I dislike about it is that it's pulling what I thought was a more uh, more of a detective story into uh, the world that we've right. dealt with already where like crazy shit happens and the consequences don't seem to matter to anyone. <laughs> uh, well, not to these people. Like, I, you know, I don't really care about Lillard, to be honest. Like, it's like, whatever. He's just a vehicle to... to I know, I know. But if you were stuff. watching parts one and two, and I'm sure I said this in the podcast, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't wait to see what happens with Lillard. And yeah, it you doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and, and you said, you're like, I hope we get to find out. And I, and I even, I remember thinking, I don't even know if we even go back <laughs> to him. Uh, I forgot about all this because I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, really, yeah. I mean, we, we already know all this. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's not. I mean, it just kind of confirms what we knew, which is Dark Coop is involved in all this, all these things, which is like pushing him to this, right, to something. But and it's so bizarre because you spend time on your creating your, you know, your nightmare world, which I would say is episode eight or part eight, which is the last episode we did. you know, with these visuals and like this crazy like art house stuff, mm-hmm. and then you spend time on like the part like the crazy world of Dougie and like body switching and doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. Why spend so much you know time and direction and like acting talent on this murder, and then the wife gets murdered, and then the lawyer gets murdered, or the lawyer gets arrested and framed for the murder? when it doesn't matter yeah no i i yeah i mean i can't <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter like for to the overall theme of the show yeah but they um, spend they spend a good amount of time on it and i as an audience member spent time you know you're invested in it working yeah. on it you know <laughs> and i consider this show work so i spent a lot of time working on it <laughs> uh, uh but no no it's um no i I, I kind of and they when they used to do this in the original show I would kind of you know I tune out like to the, to this stuff because it's I'm here for the you know I'm here for the the weird you know treatises on like trauma and like evil and that stuff I'm not I'm not here for like the the game of Clue that's happening uh, all around this stuff right to like tie everything together uh, and then meanwhile we get uh, screen time for. Uh, Andy and uh, what's the wife's name? Lucy. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Should we even Talking talk about, about this? Yeah. I want to talk about it because, because this is gonna be hard to because defend. They spent time on it, 
and they they blew through all this important plot. Yeah, yeah. And and then they spend time with this fucking so it's Andy and Lucy, the two most obnoxious dumb characters. Sitting here in this cop in this police station. These people are lovable. No, uh, Lucy, Lucy is uh, is shopping for an armchair, and then we see behind her Andy is sharp shopping online as well for the same armchair, and it's a fifty percent off uh, armchair discount. So why not? I mean, the guy has a Rolex, but he needs to be thrifty with his armchairs. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, and so there's this little joke about how. She wants the beige one, I think, and he wants the red one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she goes up to him and she says, I like the beige one. He goes up to her and he says, I like the red one. And then she's upset. And then he goes up to her again and says, like, I'm sorry, the red one is fine. I shouldn't have <laughs> raised my voice or something dumb like that. Yeah, yeah. And then she gets the red one anyway, the one that he wanted. Oh, they're that's in love. The, that's the perfect marriage. Yeah, they're in love. Uh, but, I mean, that's like five minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time with them. I, you know, it's funny. At the end of that, I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to defend this. <laughs> um, I guess we should get to Dougie. Let's do it. So I'm not a fan of the Lillard stuff, but the Dougie stuff, I'm in. Oh, man. I am this, in. Uh, I love this stuff. Some weird stuff here. So uh, yeah. it's at the, uh, I guess, the Las Vegas Police Department. Yeah. Um, and the boss is talking with um, uh, Dougie, and this is in the in the aftermath of the attempted assassination of Dougie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By uh, by uh, Ike the Spike, which is a name we'll learn later, but that's the name of the little person that tried to kill him. And the boss is there, uh, I guess, giving some. I don't know. I, maybe he was a witness. I don't know, but he's there, <laughs> and uh, and he reveals what we've what we have assumed must have been true. That there is some explanation that the people in this world are okay with to explain Dougie's bizarre behavior. That he has episodes? Yes. Finally, it comes out. The boss says, I've never had trouble with Dougie at all. He's a model citizen. He was in a car accident (laughs) 12 years ago. Yeah. And every so often, it manifests itself again. So that is that is a long time coming. Someone saying out loud, there is something unusual about this gentleman. And there's a reason why we cut, <laughs> we cut him so many breaks. That I, being said, that yeah, being said, yeah. uh, the way that you talk about someone who is a great employee, he gets things done, he's one of the best guys in my office. If he had a car accident 12 years ago, you might give, you might forgive him for some like minor like episodes. But for the past, I know, it must be at least a week, maybe two weeks, that we've been following this Dougie thing since Coop Prime invaded his body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he has he can't put words together, and he's yeah. he's drawing on documents instead of writing stuff. <laughs> uh, like this is you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's the tragedy. That that's the tragedy of Dougie is no one. People know he's a little bit off, but he's not that far off from Dougie Prime. And then and then the the boss is about to leave, and he says he, he has this weird thing where he's like, first his car blows up, and then someone tries to kill him. Yeah. And then he makes this like weird like fist. I don't know. It's like it's like yeah. he's. I have an explanation for this. Oh, okay. So his boss was a boxer um, when he was younger, and I think. The boss making that kind of fists up kind of um, 
body language kind of thing. I believe, I think that's the boxer kind of like reemerging out of his boss, out of the boss. <laughs> just on. as, yeah, yeah, no, honestly, just as the same things, you know, the same thing is occurring with Ducky. No, no. Yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. He's, look, he's look, uh, look. simpatico with Ducky. They're both coming into their true selves. Oh, no, the lawman no. and the boss. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. I, I, I buy that. <laughs> that's what's happening. That's what I buy. No, I buy that he's, okay, he's a former boxer. And when he gets like agitated, you know, his fist clenches, that's fine. The mm. idea that in this world, <laughs> people are, are becoming their truer selves, yeah, their, no, their platonic ideals. Yeah. Like yeah, that, yeah. that's nuts. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's what's happening. Oh, yeah. Dougie. Oh, God. Dougie is sitting in the waiting room. He's just staring around. Uh, he looks at the American flag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And God bless America. Yeah, this was so good. Starts playing in the background, like in his head. Yeah, yeah, he's just staring at the flag, right? Yeah. And it's just uh, playing, yeah. Yeah. Is this really gonna, it, it. Really what is it. it? What is it? It's it's Cooper. It's like him remembering, you know, the reason he joined the FBI, I guess, right? For like love of God and country. <laughs> It's like it's like our it's our all American boy Cooper. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what that is. That's him, you know, reaching for the badge. That was him looking at the flag. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, so it's funny. You haven't really seen Cooper in his element. That's so. I mean, he, you know, he is uh, like a Boy Scout grown up. Is what he is. Um, <laughs> God, I love my coffee. Like, there's a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, that people love. And oh, you, you. Goddamn right, he sees that flag, and you know a single tear goes down his face. <laughs> That's so. It's 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 uh, okay. That's a lot, but that okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, he's staring at the flag, and then his eyes are drawn to this woman's red shoes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he falls the red shoes, and then he looks at a wall outlet. Oh yeah, and then he gets freaked out. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and then it just cuts away. So that's, that's it. More, that's you know, electricity stuff. Yeah. Um, let's finish up with the cops. They go to the hotel, the motel, where the little person implicated in the, in the attempted murder, Ike the Spike, he's yep. a known quantity in Las Vegas, a known hitman. They've they've uh, ID'd him in the motel. Um, Ike the Spike sends out a message from his motel room. Basically, it's a, it's a code that I. I assume sounds like, uh, or basically means that he was unable, unsuccessful in his mission, mm-hmm. and that he's injured and he can't carry on. He goes outside of the motel, and you know the, the police have decided to surround him. What's funny is he's walking with his briefcase, and he does this thing where he leaves the hotel room and he turns to his right, and he sees the police officers, and then he does like the slow, like I'm going to walk in the opposite direction, which is what you do if you're walking. And, and they don't you see, see you. And they don't see you, or they're yeah. like kind of walking towards you, but maybe they haven't identified you yet. Yeah, yeah. They're pointing their guns right at him. <laughs> he's he's a caught man. Yeah. Uh, you either... You can get shot in the sp- back. You, you, you sprint for your life yeah, in the yeah. opposite direction, or you just surrender. You don't see the, the you don't see at the end of the a relatively short hallway three men pulling out guns and pointing them at you and you are you're like well let me try the other way and <laughs> just sort of walk the other direction. Uh, sure enough, uh, he's walking the other direction. The other cops show up, point their guns at him, and he surrenders. And that's it. So uh, uh, let's yeah let's talk about uh, uh, Sheriff Truman, Deputy Sheriff Hawk, and Bobby. 
Bobby says, and remember, okay, remember that um, Major Briggs was the last one to talk to oh, right. Cooper. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Or Cooper was the last one to talk to Major Briggs. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe they both were the last ones to talk to each other. I don't know. But they both disappeared or died around the same time. Yeah, right? they, they yeah, they they want to they, they have a reason to talk to the wife of Major yeah. Briggs. Even though they're fellow employees, the son of Major Briggs, but you know, maybe mom has more information to share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Bobby goes in and is like, Mom, these people want to talk to you. They're like, Oh, she's like, Okay. They explain, you know, they're looking for information about Cooper, and she says that the what is it the day before he died yeah he told her yeah, yeah. that this exact thing would happen yeah so i i love this even as we talk about it like i get chills this this is one of the moments that like elevates the episode for me but uh but that's because you know i'm i'm invested in all these characters you know i've spent like you know 30 hours of my life with them Mm. Oh, what what's that like for you right it's just more plot it's just more i mean i've spent uh i mean not these characters <laughs> but i've spent now uh close to nine hours of my life plus yeah. the movie so 11 hours yeah uh i i don't care i mean <laughs> I, I, it's just um you know what the problem is is that uh it's not surprising oh um, that she knew this was gonna happen yeah uh there's just it's there's just so look i mean you you but it's weird you know i mean this is weird if, if there's there's we too much there's too much it. weird of different kinds that when like something else bizarre happens it makes me just like oh like uh, of course you know it, it's yeah. it's it's completely unsurprising to me yeah it's not unsurprising but i don't know maybe i'm I'm tapping into like their acting because i don't know they're all you know they're all freaked out they're all like, uh, what you know? What's going on? Right? No, they're not. They're not freaked out. No, they're totally freaked out. No, I, I no, have an no, explanation no, no. for why they are. They're not freaked like, out though. Here's what happens. They are, they are with the coffee. The coffee thing proves it. Uh, exactly. Exactly. The coffee thing proves that they're not freaked out. No, no. no. They, they. No, you're wrong. They. They. Uh, you can't see me right now, but I'm. I'm holding a pen and wagging it in the direction of the screen because I'm. I'm lecturing you about how wrong you are. They. Um, no, see, this is funny. This is the part I loved. I, I really like this. <laughs> no. So they. They go and she says, "I've. You know, he told me before he died that you three would come and ask about Cooper, and I was supposed to give you something." And then she goes over to their old chair. His, I guess, the chair he used to sit in. No, 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 no. First, first she says, "Would you gentlemen like any coffee?" And they uh, say, "No." Yeah, that's they true. Say, no, that's okay. You know, we have some serious information to talk about. Yeah, right? yeah, what, yeah. Okay, that's true. So um, they're like, "Okay, right?" They're okay because there's so much tension, right? It's like we can't, we don't have time to break it with coffee, right? We we need to get down to this, you know, really mind-shattering piece of information, which is your dead husband predicted this event 25 years ago. And I would even argue, you know, maybe they don't know it explicitly, but like they can feel it. They can feel like the Twin Peaks energy. <laughs> like the collective trauma, it's directing them. Just like Laura, Laura, um, Laura Palmer knew she was going to die. Uh, the day, you know, they, they know that this, these, these revelations are coming and they're, you know, they're frightened by them, but they know they have to keep going. <laughs> I think you are, I think you're giving the show far, far, far too much credit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Let me, let me explain what happened. Okay. 
they go. She says, do you want some coffee? I actually argue that if they were, you know, she's she's a she's Bobby's mom. They're about to ask her to relive her last moments with her husband. Um, mm-hmm. They should sit down and have coffee with her, but they don't because they're in some sort of rush or they just want to they just want to like, you know, get the unpleasantness over with, you know, kind of like, let's just break it to you. We have to talk about this, whatever. <laughs> They don't ask for coffee. Uh, they say, no, thank you. She yeah. says, I knew this day would come. Yeah. By the way, you know, Bobby, you know, your father, he told me he foresaw all this happening. He knew you would turn out okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where he, I guess, described the scene and he said that Bobby would be a police officer yeah. um, and, and asking her these questions. And she goes to the chair where he uh, used to sit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which is, that's kind of disturbing, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she she reveals that there's a hidden compartment in the chair and she pulls out an item and she gives it to them and she says he told me that this would happen and he told me uh, to give this to you and then they say you know what we will take that coffee and they all kind of laugh at each other yeah because they're like oh my god this is so crazy like I can't believe it's leading to something they're just trying to now they're trying to break the tension like we, no. we knew this was coming. It's happened. All right. Then, let's, then let's the reaction is take a break the, and we go back into the madness. No, We're getting sucked no, into no. this mad, insane, no, no, insane no. world. Yeah. No, like, no. Let me let me tell you the way that takes. I think that this. <laughs> I let me tell you the way that this scene should have gone. Mm-hmm. In the reality that not even like the real world. I keep I keep saying like oh people in, in the town of Twin Peaks don't act like they normally would. Mm-hmm. In the context of the way the show is going, here's how they should have reacted. Mm-hmm. They sh- so they've they've found these pages that indicate Briggs uh, was involved in Cooper's murder, written mm-hmm. by a third party, Laura Palmer, mm-hmm. in her hidden diary, in pieces of paper that were hidden in the stall of a bathroom, just to remind everyone how insane this this <laughs> chain of events is. Um, and they all did all this based on leads, cryptic leads that the log lady gave. Um, <laughs> and Sheriff Truman is like sort of, uh, so Deputy Sheriff Hawk is on board. He's like, this is important. I'm working on it. Yeah. Sheriff Truman is like sort of just following it along. He's like, okay, I mean, this is, uh, he's sort of like, and these are notes from Laura Palmer. Hmm. You found them in the bathroom. Okay. Yeah. Well, this references Major Briggs. He's a reluctant should, voyager for he's sure. He's a reluctant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, I think it makes sense that Bobby is the first one in. Yeah. You know, he says, mom, these, these detectives are here to talk to you about, you know, they're, they're, they're here to talk to you about a serious matter or whatever. So, so it's not just a friendly house call. She prepares herself mentally for it. What I think should happen is Sheriff Truman, if this is the real world or even the world of Twin Peaks, yeah. Sheriff Truman comes in and says, yes, I would like some coffee. I'm sorry to make you, you know, sort of relive this and this past trauma but we've 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 stumbled across something very bizarre. We're hoping you can help us. Um, and then she says, actually, uh, he had a prophecy about this. And then they go, what? And she said, and I saw that this entire thing would happen. And then Bobby should say, Mom, how come you never talked about this before? Yeah, yeah. Bobby then, should have said, yeah, why didn't you tell me? And then she said, yeah, he said that you would always be a police officer and that everything would work out well. And he could he could start just like just like breaking down into tears because of the emotional denouement of this moment for him. Yeah. Or, yeah. or have some other bigger reaction. He has, a, he has a, a decent reaction, but it's not big enough. And then, and then uh, the mother goes over, and they should be, and, and, and Deputy Sheriff Hawk should be like, see, see, like, yes. And Truman should be like, I can't believe that this is actually panning out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, she opens up the trap door in the chair, and, and, and 
and Bobby should be like, what the hell? Like, dad's chair had a, had a booby trap in it. What's this device? Mom, what have you been holding? And then Chef Truman say, ma'am, you've been withholding evidence from an ongoing criminal investigation. I'm afraid we're going to have to take you down to the station. You have the right to remain silent. And Bobby should say, no, no, that's my mom. Bobby, we're not done with you either. I don't know how much about this you knew, but you're definitely off the force. Your gun and your badge now. Put them on the table. This is insane. This is insane. This is how it should go. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm being, I'm being a little, a little, uh, a little <laughs> over the top. But I do think that if you, I mean, you're the one that brought up the coffee. I do think that they should have started drinking coffee, and then been like, and the, the, the discovery of this device has yeah. to lead you to like just sprint back to the police station because now you know that a man has been missing. You've been called to action to investigate his case, yeah, yeah. and you've just understood. Like now, there's like definitely supernatural elements going on. Right. You can't be like, "Well, let's all take a coffee break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's all you just get- bring this back down and relax." How are you, Mrs. Bobby? I know Mrs. You, Briggs. You got to be like, there must have been. What was the name of that colonel who gave me his business card 25 years ago? I should call that guy. Because <laughs> uh, they seem to know what's happening with. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. They should be a little more freaked out. But you know, also, that's that's the whole point of the coffee thing is they are freaked out, right? They're trying to, you know, settle their nerves. I uh, <laughs> agree to disagree. I guess. I guess. I guess. Yeah, agree to disagree. We get the twin takes for this episode. We paid. We paid the bills. <laughs> um, I will admit it was it was a little. It's a little. It was a little too much. A little too sappy and a little too overdone. But I did enjoy like the Bobby and his father communicating him with him from beyond the grave. That was nice. It wasn't. I, I know. I know that actor who played Bobby is is pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just. It was just a little. It was just a little like. Yeah, but I mean, it's a huge arc for Bobby. Like no sure, one expected yeah, yeah. this to be Bobby, right? Like you, you would never. You, you know, you would think he he'd be like Dark Coop's right hand man. Be like Chad. Or yeah, even worse than Chad. You, you, you know, he'd be like you know the guy running over kids. Oh, I didn't even talk dream. about Chad. No, we oh, haven't. Yeah, my boy Chad. Yeah, he's disrespected. Just huh? Disrespected. He's having lunch well, in the conference room. Maybe you should they talk nicer in. about Log Lady. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're having. He's having lunch in the conference room, and they're like, "Chad, no lunch in the conference room." And he's like, "Oh, sorry." Uh, and they stand a, a there. Very, a very natural reaction again, right? <laughs> they stand there and wait for him to gather up his multi-plate lunch. He has to balance it like an incompetent waiter. He's drinking and like soup or something too. It's it's very awkward to move. He gets to the door and Hawk is right there. He's like, a little help. And no one moves. And he says, no one can, helps, you, yeah. can you please open the door for me? And then Deputy Chef Hawk is like, ugh, fine. And like opens the door for him. Such disrespect for Chad. Well, for, the, for the grave sin of using the conference room to eat in. Well, you know, Chad's, Chad's a problem. And then they, they're like, open the window because his lunch was so smelly. So weird. Yeah, good. Yeah, we all hate Chad. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I was using the conference room when you need to do it for your bullshit magic conspiracy theory conversations. Please leave me out. I'll solve all the murders. You deal with whatever the fuck you're working on. You're back on Team Chad, huh? Oh, I, I, uh, I really was never gone. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, to be politically correct, I had to get off Team Chad, but... You know what? But uh, yeah, you know he he hates the Twin Peaks bullshit, just like you. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's it for Chad. Um, back to Hawk and uh, Truman and Bobby. Yeah. Uh, Bobby 
they, they look at the device and then Bobby's like, oh, I know exactly what it is. And it's this thing where you have to throw it on the ground yeah, to actually, get a reverberation. I meant to Google to see if that's a real thing. It creates a humming noise. <laughs> oh, it's that SkyMall thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right next to like your, your cat massager, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, your secret look, armchair. Uh, your armchair with with pen yeah. holder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell your wife to 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 that when the time comes, she'll know what to do. <laughs> yeah. You throw it on the ground. It it vibrates. When it stops vibrating, I think this is the way it works. When it stops vibrating, you throw it on the ground again, and then mm. it opens. Yeah. If that somehow exists, that's pretty cool. I I really don't believe it does, but. Um, whatever. He gets this cryptex thing. He opens it, and inside are are two pieces of parchment. Mm-hmm. Um, one has a message for Bobby from his father, mm-hmm. telling him, um, giving him coordinates. Uh yeah. Cor- no, I think there's a description of like where he's supposed to go in two days, right? Yeah, but they but they use the word coordinates. Okay. Like, these these look like coordinates. Okay. Um, okay. and someone else, I think it's Dark Hoop, talks about coordinates earlier, right? Oh yeah, that's the information he wants from Ray. Yeah, yeah, that's what's yeah, or the coordinates. That's right. That's right. So throughout everything. Yeah. So what it looks like is everyone's trying to get to the same place. Yep. And this has got to be the place where the the barrier between the two dimensions is weakest. Something that's, like that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Uh, I'm sure these stories will. I'm sure these stories will get left alone for four episodes and then eventually just <laughs> crash back together. It's all coming together. Yeah. It's all coming together. Um. Uh, let's quickly touch on the property brothers. Ben and Jerry. Are they are they Ben and Jerry? You know, I hadn't thought about that, or at least hadn't thought about that. It, but they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> that's annoying. <laughs> so, uh, hi, brother. Jerry is in the woods, and he's looking at his shoe, and the shoe, his foot, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, says to him, in a high pitched voice with subtitles. Yeah. I am not Jerry's foot. Mm-hmm. And he's he's terrified. In his defense, uh, whether or not I was high, I would also be terrified if my shoe told me that yeah, I, it good. was not my foot. That would yeah, be horrifying. That's not good. Um, he, he keeps trying to, and again, in an episode full of important details, we spend about uh, two minutes, three minutes watching him work up the courage to grab his own foot. Mm-hmm. He finally does it, and the foot like reacts and like kicks him backwards, and he falls over, which is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Good sight gag. Yeah, and then uh, cuts away. So we'll see what happens with uh, Jerry and his foot at some point, or his alleged foot. Um, if it's just him high, I'm going to get mad. Um, I hope uh... that there's some sort of... Uh, <laughs> it's better tie into the plot in some way. Well, hold on. Uh, uh, the other brother... Ben is in the hotel. They're listening to, you'll recall, he was with Ashley Judd and had weird sexual tension with her. Mm. And she works at the hotel. Remember last episode, or two episodes ago. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, everything I've said so far that was, remember last episode, I actually mean two episodes ago, because remember, <laughs> yeah, yeah. nothing happened last episode. Uh, so much. Uh, two episodes There's ago, so they were in the hotel and listening for like this humming noise and following it around. And then she tried to hook up with him, and he said he said goodnight. Again, they're mm. following the humming noise. She's really just like trying to like hook up with him. He's he resists. He's interested in her, but yeah. he's like, I can't. Mm. She says, "You're a good man, Ben." 
And that's it, right? That's it for Ben. Right? That's it for that's Ben. For... They just they they don't the solve the humming hall? problem, and they decide that they can't uh, they can't hook up. Yeah. Now we cut to uh, the Bang Bang Lounge. It's house night at the Bang Bang Lounge. You got the sick DJ. <laughs> what? Oh, I didn't know what that meant. It's like house night. Yeah, it's house oh, music. Yeah, house yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of menacing. I guess you know. I guess they're still coming off their nine inch nails. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. It's a pretty sick beat. Uh, <laughs> this is this is your scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm finally into oh, it. All right. Oh, okay. All uh, yeah. right. I'd be. I'd be. Ooh. I'd be. Uh, I'd you be are team Chad. Up. I'm worried. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Uh, you have these two women now. Who are these? I, I, I vaguely. No, we I, don't. No, we've never no. seen them before. <laughs> it really speaks to the show that, like, I mean, I, I guess I don't have the best memory, but I mean, again, I'm looking at this and I'm taking notes, and like, two hookers show up, and they could be characters that we know, or they could not be. You know, so they're not. I'm almost certain they're they're they're. We've never seen them before. I think. I mean, are they like the modern Laura and? Um, the woman who she was murdered. We should I really, guess. I think her name is Ronette. I think that woman's name is Ronette. The The original um, young prostitutes that were Laura murdered by Leland. Oh, you think they've like taken their place? I mean, I, I, that, I, I was just really trying to make sense of this whole, um, yeah, this whole scene. I, I don't know. I think maybe that's what that's supposed to be. I have no idea. Yeah. They, they talk about, um, the zebra, the zebra's out again. It's like, I don't know if it's like drug code or what. No, I think it's I think that's you know. And then this girl has this has this. They both look like pretty like gross prostitutes. And one this, looks worse than the other. That's true. That's true. Their, one, their one teeth is, are both pretty bad. Yeah, you know, this this woman is the, the grosser looking woman. Uh, seems like she's come off a bad a bad drug binge, and is uh, scratching like a like an ape at her underarm <laughs> and it is uh really like grossly red yeah she says like i have an awful rash uh so they say the zebra's out again have you seen the penguin don't know what that means and then the other woman kind of laughs like oh my yeah. god you're so crazy what what are you talking about um and then it cuts to then that's the end of the episode and the dj house light is over unfortunately no, yeah, now it's now it's Garrett music. This this band's based out of Brooklyn. Like, imagine what like a band from Brooklyn in 2017 would sound like. This is like. <laughs> so, what is what is your uh, rating of the episode? Yeah, yeah. So, um, not the best episode. Couple of elements elevated for me. I mean, I don't really like these plot episodes, right? I think they're. I think a lot of it's filler. I love the Bobby stuff. I love anytime Laura Dern's on the screen. I'm in. Okay. All things together, I gave it a B. A B. I'm giving that, it a B. Now let me let me just check the records here. That is tied for your lowest rating. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Well, go ahead. So, 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 what do you think? Yeah, I think I would give it a. Well, let's see. Let's weigh it. So there's there's a there's important plot. The plot is uh, 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 though I it upsets me at times. The plot is the only thing anchoring the show. And so I appreciate them taking the time to like explain what the hell's going on. Well, I mean, I honestly, I mean, that's the purpose of it. Cause if they didn't have this plot, all this stuff, I mean, it would be an 18 hour art film and they, I mean, they, you can't show that on TV. But you know, what's, what's, what's so strange is if you just needed a plot to anchor an art film, why not make it 
less complicated. I don't know. Does it have to be this complicated? I don't think I don't so. Know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give it a uh, a C minus. Wow. Yeah. So last week was an F. That's right. And this week's a C minus. Yeah, I always I give it up for good plot. I I, I just uh, I appreciate them taking the effort. All right, you want to know AV Club? Sure. Yeah. What a, I I'm going to assume that their that their their confidence is shaken. Uh, I think like. Like people, you know, I think whoever's writing this AV club, me and her, we're on the same page because we're like, oh my God, last week was a revelation, right? <laughs> but then this week, it's, it's come on. Um, so they give it a B minus. A B minus? A B minus, yeah. That is that is definitely the lowest rating that AV club has given anything so yeah, far. I believe so, yeah. yeah um, any uh, any parting thoughts? Quite a, quite a come down after last week. It's like this plot it's just uh all right mark frost clean all this up and before we get back to the real stuff do you think do you think i i, I like to think that their relationship is like david lynch is like ah my art for, and then the the showtime people like only can they can only talk to mark frost because david lynch doesn't have a phone or doesn't pick up his phone <laughs> and they're like mark we need plot like we don't understand what's happening and mark is like oh, david give me like like give me something to work with and he's like you can have one episode every four for your plot <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, God, I gotta cram everything in, and I owe Matthew Lillard a third episode. I gotta, I gotta get him in there. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, I owe her another line, another episode besides how wet she is. I gotta give her more screen time. Yeah, yeah. the Rolex people are pissed. The Rolex people yeah, are pissed. Yeah. We prepaid Tim Roth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, paid Tim Roth. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting too much, 250k a, a week. Tim Roth is just oh. sitting in his trailer, just just taking up our money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Frito Lay is pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, it can feel sometimes like the distance isn't so great that we can just go online to click on each other's face.